Our world is becoming ever more interconnected as communities become more diverse and the internet allows us to discover more about the world around us. When we seek to learn and understand the differences between our culture and others, we can develop an appreciation and love for them. As we teach our children about new countries and cultures from around the globe, we are also teaching them to have compassion, respect, and empathy. Hi, I'm your host, Jade Jones, mom to four children who I want to be compassionate world explorers. Join me as we discuss cultural awareness and world diversity and learn how families Families teach their children to explore and embrace the world, its people, and their differences with a compassionate heart and open mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome today. I am talking with Rel from Keeping It Rel. She is Hawaiian, like me, but she actually lives in Hawaii unlike me. And so I thought it would be really fun to have her come on today and share with us more about Hawaiian culture. Although I am Hawaiian, And I did grow up with a lot of the Hawaiian culture at home. Not living in Hawaii means that the Hawaiian culture that I am familiar with is not the same as the one that Rel gets to be far more intimate with. And so I thought it'd be great to have her viewpoint to come on and talk about what Hawaiian culture means to her, what it looks like. And if you want to know more about it, then this is a great podcast episode for you to listen to. So Rel, go ahead and share a little bit more about yourself. Aloha, my name is Rel, and like she said, I'm born and raised in Hawaii, and I went to school for medicine, ended up practicing as a nurse practitioner, and on the side, I have a blog, and it's called Keeping It Rel, where I do island and Hawaiian-style recipes for the home cook, so trying to spread the yummy foods of Hawaii out to the people of the world. I also am a mom of two and married, and I've got three dogs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so basically you have five kids and are married <laughs> yes yeah, six children I, but yeah i put my husband in there no just kidding <laughs> it's okay i think a lot of husbands often can fit into there but that's okay we love them and that's why we yes. love them yes cool so i think one of the first things that we can start with is what does like hawaiian culture look and feel like to you So that's a really interesting question. And I had talked to my husband about it before this too. So Hawaiian, it's, it's more than, than just your ethnicity. It's, it's the way of life here, especially here in Hawaii. It's the food, it's the people, it's the love that we have for one another and not necessarily just your family or your friends. It's your neighbors. It's your stranger that you see at the grocery store, just Everybody takes care of everyone, regardless of who you are. And I think that's, that's a big part of the culture and the value and everything in between that. Yeah, I think this, that spirit of aloha is very pervasive in how you treat the, the nature around you, how you honor your ancestors, how you honor those who you meet on the street. I mean, there's a lot of respect for those who are older, who have come before us. And I think, especially since the 70s, there's been this really big resurgence to really be proud of our culture and to honor the ancient ways and to share those with people. That Absolutely. Yeah, so... So uh, I, my grandma, my great-grandma, actually, back in the day, used to always talk about this. And she she has since passed, but she was born back in 1910, where back in those days, it was bad to be Hawaiian. Like, that wasn't a thing. You you don't speak Hawaiian. You don't dance hula. Like, the foreigners came and said, no, this is not okay. So it was very much hiding your culture at that time and trying to keep it alive away on the side, which other cultures in the world have had similar things 
things go on with him. And like you mentioned, further on, now it's it's a big thing because the Hawaiian culture, we don't want it to die. Native Hawaiians are slowly decreasing. And over time, we want to make sure we're able to perpetuate the way of life and the culture that was so prevalent back in the days. So I think especially nowadays, it's been a lot better and people are much more in tune and it's much more accessible for people to learn about it. Even if you're not Hawaiian and people are interested in learning, I think the internet and social media definitely makes it a lot simpler than it was way back when. Yeah, so my grandma met and married my grandpa around World War II time while he was stationed in Hawaii, and he brought her back to California. And so one of the things that she was very adamant about was that her children would learn the culture. And so it was something that my my uncles and my aunt, they all danced in a halal, which is a like a dance group and they they would tour around sharing the dance and the music with people in California and would often go back to Hawaii too and so that was something that I grew up very much aware that like it was important for us to teach our children that and so it's something I've been trying to share with my kids but it's hard because I never danced I did not learn a hula until I was in college and that was when I realized like how bummed I was that I had missed out on those opportunities to get to do that. And so I've been trying really hard to make sure that my kids, that we watch the Merry Monarch competitions on YouTube and that we listen to the music. One of my uncles plays with the Makaha Sons. And nice. so, yeah, so it's like, he's a kind of a big deal now. <laughs> yeah, um, my my husband plays music as well so that's Makaha Sons is a big name here so everybody knows that <laughs> yes um and I will make sure to link to that because I want you to listen to the music because it's amazing but yeah so it's something that there's so many great resources out there Kamehameha schools are they have tons of resources online that I thought were really awesome for just showing my kids and I mean there's actually even coming more and more resources to learn Olelo Hawaiian online too which I think is really awesome so my great-grandma spoke fluent Hawaiian. My grandma did not because she was raised in the time where we don't speak Hawaiian. My mom took it as a course and then I picked it. So I, I, can, I can hold a conversation and in Hawaiian. And so that was coming from my great-grandma. I, as stuff that we learned in school, in high school, I did that as a, my language credit and I also took it in college so it's definitely a big part and I think language is huge in Hawaiian culture it's definitely a lot easier to perpetuate when you can speak and know what you're talking about versus and and not that you can't if you don't speak Hawaiian absolutely not but it's it's definitely a lot easier when you know what the terms mean and what you're speaking of yeah and and for me it makes the music far more meaningful when I know what they're saying and even just you know for me I like to look up the lyrics so that way I can figure out what the heck they're talking about. <laughs> right, right. And, um, and so I grew up in, you know, I was born and raised in Hawaii and I did not dance hula. And I, looking back, I, I don't know that I intentionally chose not to or I don't know I, I played sports so that was kind of my thing and my I remember telling my mom now my husband plays music so I told my mom shucks I, I wish I you know I wish I danced hula you know my husband could play music and I could dance hula and she she said honey no sorry you were you were playing in the mud and you're playing sports <laughs> that, that wasn't gonna happen so I, that's one thing I kind of miss and I definitely I'm older and sometimes it's harder to teach old dogs new tricks but so my daughter is really into it and she's little so I'm hoping that she'll 
want to do it and really go through with it because that would be amazing. Yeah, and that's something it's a little bit harder now in Europe. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but even just trying to do teach a little bit to my children, at least it makes me feel like we have that little connection to our ancestors and the rest of our family. And at least they're not completely ignorant of what it is and what it means. But yeah, and I think this is something that for anybody who's wanting to connect with their own culture, that like you can just because you've missed out on it. Even though we are older, it doesn't mean we can't have a new chance to learn about our own culture and connect with it. And it can be harder and it can be hard to find the time to fit in, but can do it and there are resources out there and and I think there's always people who are willing to help um, absolutely get you started so what is something that you love about living in Hawaii I think a lot of the big things three real big things it's the people nowhere else in the world and granted I, now I will have to say that my travel experience is very limited <laughs> I am I am a very sheltered Hawaii kid like <laughs> Born and raised here. I didn't go very far out, but the people here, it's it's different. Like you've said, it's the spirit of aloha. You just you can't get that anywhere else. Like you you go to the grocery store and someone opens the door for you. I mean, yes, it happens in other places, but it's pretty consistent everywhere you go. It's please, it's thank you. It's you see grandma struggling to put groceries in the car, you grab it and you go and help. And that's just how it is. It's always been. Nobody has to tell you to do it. It's kind of just how how you were raised so it's it's that in and of itself I think makes living here absolutely amazing and then of course the food so now Hawaiian food is not just traditional Hawaiian food with kalua pig lao lao lomi salmon although those are amazing and those make up a lot of my meals but Hawaii food is is a blend of cultures you know the Japanese, the Chinese, Portuguese, Filipino came over when um, the sugarcane and pineapple plantations were running. And with them, they brought their food. And so everybody had to sit around on lunch, one, not speaking the same language. So pidgin became a part of that, which is like a Creole mix of all these different languages so that these people could understand each other. And then the big thing that was bringing them together was lunch. You know, what's in mm -hmm. your kaukau tin is what they called it. It was like your, your bento style lunch that they would bring and everybody would share and, oh, okay, I like this from this dish and I like that and let's put it together. And now that's a huge part of life here. Food, any family gathering that you go to, food is the center of everything you make sure that you have enough for everybody and it's always way more than enough <laughs> <laughs> and you have enough for your party and enough probably for everybody to take home and still have enough <laughs> some to share with the so, neighbors then too afterwards absolutely <laughs> absolutely food food is huge here which probably contributes to a lot of <laughs> the issues here but <laughs> the overweight issues within hawaiian culture may be contributed sure. to the excessive amounts of food that we eat possibly yes. possibly <laughs> so yeah the people the food and I, I i like the diversity you know it's it's definitely the melting pot of the world i mean where else can you go that you have so many different nationalities and ethnicities in one place living the same life you know it's not like everybody is so segregated that if you're Japanese you live here if you're Chinese you live here and we don't intermingle it's it's one big world for everybody to share and I think that's amazing and that is one of the things that I've always loved about Hawaii and I don't think I realized how like open 
Hawaiian culture is that, yeah, I mean, the way that we have blended the cultures and food together has been a really interesting little microcosm that you can see. I don't know if it's because it's a, I mean, the Hawaiian islands are actually fairly small when you think about it. There's a lot of people who live on very few islands and those islands aren't very big in and of themselves. But so people just are very, I feel like very open to the different cultures. And I love that, especially the food, the way we have just blended it all together to make, I mean, Hawaii is iconic for their food. And I think it's because we have blended so many different styles together that it is this unique style, but that it, it's just taking the best of everything. And yeah, I mean, my my own heritage definitely has the Filipino and Portuguese. And I mean, the DNA tests were hilarious to read from my family. It's just all the oh. different things that pop up and you're like, I don't even know how we got there. Interesting. <laughs> and, and it's most likely from various settlers coming to Hawaii and to other parts of the world that, you know, it's it's we are blended. So how can we encourage more blending within society as well? Yeah. Because I I am of mixed ethnicity as well. Yes, I am Native Hawaiian, but I am also Japanese, Chinese, Portuguese, and African American. So here, <laughs> I always say it's it's we call it a poi dog. Like a <laughs> poi dog is the example of <laughs> someone's, and I hate to use the word mutt, but mutt. really it's a dog that is mixed up with all kinds of things. And I had said that somewhere and said somebody said, no, 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 you're not a poi dog. You're a mixed plate. I said, okay, I like that better yep. than fine. So it's just, and really, and, and we grew up with that, you know, the traditions of being Japanese and things. So we do things like that. We celebrate Girls Day and Boys Day here. We do mochi, which is, you know, definitely Japanese, but it's such a big part of life in Hawaii as well you know so that that's nice yeah that's really fun I like mixed plate that's better I've always called myself a mutt but I like mixed plate I'm gonna go with that from now on (laughs) okay so for you what is hard about living in Hawaii because I think pretty much everybody thinks of Hawaii as like the ideal place to live and that there's like never any negatives Um, and I I have fought with my husband multiple times about this (laughs) And and it's interesting, you know, I never really thought about it before people actually asked about it. Because like I said, I was born and raised here. I don't know any different. I don't know that an $8 gallon of milk is expensive or that gas, you know, can sometimes cost anywhere up to four or five a gallon. I thought that's just how it is. And then you <laughs> go out into the rest of the world and you're like, what? Or or that loaf of bread only costs you a dollar? That just costs me five dollars. <laughs> like, what do you mean? So I think, you know, like I said, I didn't realize, but the, of course the cost of living here is expensive and it makes sense. We're out in the middle of the ocean. Everything, not everything, just about everything needs to be imported in so that there's a cost for that. So it, it is difficult. And I work in the medical field and another issue with living here is is medical care. Now we're not you know, some super rural place that we don't have absolutely anything. And I live on Maui, which is one of the larger islands, but still much smaller population than Mm -hmm. Oahu, which is the, you know, the main population of Hawaii. And so here we are, we are limited and I, I work in internal medicine. So sure, you know, general practice docs, we have enough to go by. It's, it's tight and it's, we work hard, but the specialists are very difficult to go by. And oftentimes we have to send people off island to get treated for certain things. You know, we, we don't have some of the medical care here that we need. So that definitely makes it difficult. 
as a resident as well as a medical provider that's difficult and i didn't know that (laughs) so (laughs) until you get tossed into it so i think those are the two big things i would say here cost of living which interestingly enough you know we hire a lot of the docs from outside of hawaii they move here and they even say that it's too expensive for them to live here and we're like what you're a doc how come you can't afford to live here (laughs) we make it work but you know it's it's making it work it's living within your means and the means here is a lot different than anywhere else well i think it's hard to go from somewhere that is lower cost of living to then going higher we used to live in georgia so deep south way cheap where we paid like usually like a dollar fifty for gas to then moving nice. back to Los Angeles, California, where we came back in the summer and it was right around four dollars for a gallon of gas. Wow. And that was a really hard transition for us. So I can totally understand where if you go from one place to then go to another, like Hawaii, which is really expensive, that it mm-hmm. you have to change your mindset and I think people who have lived there, you learn how to make it work. Absolutely. But yeah, and that's something we are learning here in Europe too, that it's driving a car here is extremely expensive and they make it so purposely to try to discourage people from driving cars excessively but they they also have great transit systems we don't often have in the u.s and the dutch love their bikes and so everybody bikes everywhere because it's dirt cheap you just need the bike and then your own willpower and so we are trying to learn how to do that because that is definitely not something (laughs) i've ever done in my life Um, (laughs) But yeah, and for me, one of the reasons that I've always struggled with wanting to live on Hawaii is the fact that, I mean, this when my husband and I were talking moving there, this was 12, 13 years ago, is that the barrier to leaving is extremely high because costs to get to and from the island were so expensive at the time. Now that like Southwest is flying there, it's definitely so much cheaper than it used to be. And now it doesn't matter anymore because nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> But for me, that was always something that was hard because knowing that most of my family was still on the mainland, wanting to be able to see them, but then that was going to be really expensive to try to go back and forth. And I mean, my my uncles and stuff pretty much only ever came to visit when they were like performing in California because somebody else was paying for it. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's just something that being mindful of and that's we're now in the same boat in Europe, though. And now right. we have time six. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's it's just having to change your mindset and I think be aware of what the hard things are so that you can prepare for them. You know, you might have to just suck it up and buy that $5 loaf of bread or you're learning how to make bread yourself and then doing that every day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so last question. What do you feel best defines Hawaiian culture? And this one was a tricky one too. Like I really sat there and I thought, geez, <laughs> hmm, what, what do I think? And above all, it's... Ohana, I think. Mm -hmm. Ohana. And now, okay, Ohana, for those who don't know, means family. And I'm sure the tagline from Lilo and Stitch sticks out for a lot of people. (laughs) Ohana means family and no one gets left behind. But when you say family in Hawaii, anybody is, yes, you have your immediate bloodline family, but family also means your neighbors, your friends. It means anybody who's older than you is auntie and uncle. No matter who you are, you go 
I, I keep using going to the grocery store as an example because I feel like that's where you bump into <laughs> random people. But yeah, you go to the store and it's, hi, auntie. Thank you, auntie, whether they are actually your auntie or not. So that care and that compassion is, is huge in Hawaiian culture, taking care of one another. And then, of course, the food, which we mentioned before, is huge for culture. And the music, the music, along with the hula, it's it's so there's so many stories to be told and so much information that's passed down uh, generation after generation of that and that that's huge today's hawaiian culture of course is a little shifted than it was back in the day but i feel like that's every every culture has has changed with the times but if we can perpetuate this these things and the virtues like whether my kids can actually speak fluent Hawaiian or not I mean yes that would be amazing but it's more so the values that Hawaiians perpetuate and live out that I really want them to grasp and do well in life doing those types of things you know speaking and dancing that's that's another plus but definitely making sure that those those virtues and those values are passed on I think is important to me yeah I think Ohana in Hawaii really means community more so than just family, that you respect your community around you. And as I am constantly trying to teach my almost nine-year-old that you treat others how you want to be treated. I mean, that's the ideal. And obviously that's not always how it turns out, but the basic respect, the basic levels of kindness go a long way to creating that feeling and environment of aloha in Hawaii. And that other places are definitely lacking. I think the South in a lot of respects is very similar where everybody is your friend and that was something growing up in California to then moving to the south was a huge shock for me because like people at the grocery store I was pregnant and so they were asking me all sorts of questions about being pregnant and what I was having what, what I thought I was going to name them and I was like in California like you barely make eye contact with people and like you might smile and like that is the extent of your interactions and so then I was like, okay, like we are sharing a lot of information here and okay, I will sit here and talk with you. And like, but that is very much how people interact. And so people are very willing and kind to like help their neighbors and stuff. And then moving back to California, it was hard to then go back to like being like, oh, hi, how are you? And people are like, hi, as they walked by you, kind of looking at like you like, why are you talking to me? I don't actually know you. I've been like, right, not in the South anymore. Change my mindset. Funny you mentioned the smile too. That's that's one thing that I didn't think of either. But here, if if you make eye contact with somebody, it's you smile. That's just how it goes. <laughs> like no matter where you are, who it is, that's I didn't even think about that. That's huge. Yeah. And it's it's waving high. And it's not not even just waving high. It's a lot of times a kiss on the cheek and that's mm-hmm. uh, with a hug. It's not just smile and wave and, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, it's so funny talking with you. Does it, the things that I take for granted that this is just everyday life and it doesn't really kick in until someone else mentions and I'm like, oh yeah, other people don't do that. You're right. <laughs> see, and a lot of those little things didn't really come out to me because growing up, I mean, whenever we would see family, it was a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And my husband, the first time he came to a family <laughs> event, he was like, what is going on? Like his family, like they'll hug, but like the straight kissing, he's like, what do I do? And I was like, oh, he's just like air kiss next to them. Like, it's totally okay. But he was like, this yeah. is freaking me out. Um, <laughs> and I didn't even realize how ingrained that is in our culture that like, that's just what you do. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I did not prep you for that, my dear. But I had <laughs> 
Right. Or, or I go someplace and you go to tell someone hi and they stick their hand on to shake my hand. And I'm like, what is that? Who does that? Because yeah. <laughs> nobody does that yeah. here. What are you talking about? Give me a hug. <laughs> now, like, you know, now how life is, not everybody can be hugging and kissing each other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Now we're kind of doing like the five feet away, like we're going to pretend five. we're, yeah, air five, <laughs> hug. tend to blow a kiss, but don't actually blow at them because you don't right. want to spread germs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bless our bless our 2020 but yeah well thank you so much Rel for coming on and sharing and I hope people learn just a little bit more about like what Hawaiian culture really is I think it's really easy to think of it as just the food or just the dance but it is truly all of it together and and I love what you said that really what I think best defines Hawaii is that spirit of aloha the the idea of ohana and what that truly means and, and just how we interact on a daily basis that if we could all have just a little bit more kindness in our small daily interactions i think that would change a lot how everybody feels on any given day so absolutely if anyone is interested in learning by all means you can reach out to me and i'm not a wealth of knowledge, but I've got some. And if calling culture is something you're interested in or the food, let me know. I'm glad to teach. Yes, and definitely follow Rel. Rel, where's the best places to find you at? So I'm at www.keepingitrel.com. There's my blog with a ton of different island and Hawaiian style recipes. And on Instagram, it's at keeping.it that rel and everything all the other socials are just at keeping it real so facebook pinterest i am on tiktok check it out <laughs> and um yeah it's, it's been a it's been a fun journey yeah and so we will make sure to link to rel's socials on the show notes so look for those at jonesandfortaste.com backslash podcast and look for rel's episode and yeah definitely follow rel if you want some hawaiian food i mean i've got a few recipes but she's got way more and she's got all sorts of good stuff i'm still trying to hunt down some ingredients here in the netherlands to try to make some of the things because they just sound so good and i love i googling your food to make me feel like i am back home with family and getting to eat some of this stuff so yeah make sure if you want some good ono food follow rel (laughs) so rel thank you so much for coming on today oh thank you so much i really appreciate it thanks for having me If you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, please take a minute to leave a review or screenshot your podcast player and share with a friend or on social media. Make sure to tag me on Instagram stories at Jones and for Taste. Don't miss out on an episode by subscribing to the podcast and signing up for my free introductory guide to teaching kids about other cultures. You can sign up for email reminders, get the guide, and find the show notes by visiting my website, jonesandfortaste.com. Happy exploring!